Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode 24 of Points and Penalties. I'd like to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts, Jesse, Peter, and Kevin. Kevin, welcome back. What are you drinking? I'm having today, guys, uh, Heineken. like the Heineken, only because it has no sugar added. Doesn't give you hangovers. Love it. Pedro, what you got going on? Well, first of all, I did not know that. And I will be making a mental note. Uh, but I've got a Nickelbrook Brewing uh, Headstock IPA. I think we probably had this on here before. But... Yeah, I had it. It was dope and it's potent. Yeah, pretty good. Seven percent. Had to make sure I was uh, in the running with whatever Jesse's having. So uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So Jesse, what are you having? I'm having Dead Elephant IPA. And Peter, you got me. I'm at six point five percent. All right. It's from Railway City Brewing. Uh, first couple sips are pretty good. It's uh, in St. Thomas. The can looks pretty cool. Yosh, what are you having? Well, first off, I just want to remind you guys that I have won back-to-back weeks uh, in alcohol content for the beer. <laughs> it's not going to happen this year. I went a little lighter this week. So I've got... This week, you mean? This week, yeah. <laughs> uh, I went with Caribrew. Uh, it is from Junction Craft Brewery in Toronto. It's very good. Uh, it's just a 5% uh, lager. It tastes really nice. Uh, and the bonus about this is like our MVP sponsor, MVP Brewing, uh, Caribrew gives back. So they donate 5% of all their sales to local causes that matter which is a, is a great, great job by them. And, uh, and it's a tasty fucking beer. So cheers, boys. Glad to see you again. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Well, it looks like the Stanley Cup is going to be given out this week. It might even have it tomorrow. What do you think about that, Pete? Yeah, I think it will. Uh, the Lightning are up 3 nothing on the Habs right now. Uh, a couple will be in the building tomorrow, Monday night in Montreal as the Lightning look to sweep. And I told you guys that Montreal wasn't going to win a game in the series. I, I was just, I was just, I was just in the wrong series. I thought it was against Vegas, but it turns out it was against Tampa. So I was close. Didn't you say the Jets were they were going to beat them too pretty handily? I may or may not have said that. <laughs> I finally look like I was right about the Habs. Yeah, I was wrong in three other series, but yeah, we got there. Yeah, three watch them come storming back. <laughs> I might actually, I might quit as a as a fan of hockey. <laughs> I just quit. Kev, you can have it. No, not this year. <laughs> like I said, I'm just being neutral. I'm a fan. I'm not I'm not rooting or cheering for anybody at all. So, Kev, you told us uh, before that the team that wins the first game in a playoff series wins 69 percent of the time, right? Yes. But they stated in the Stanley Cup Finals, the first team to win uses the the ones who loses. Okay. But 69%, yes, in regards to teams that win. Yes, we'll go on to move on and win. All right, so I got a stat here that says teams leading the best of 7-2-0. So obviously they're past that. But when they were 2-0 the, in the Stanley Cup Final, the team that is leading 2-0 wins 90.2% uh, of the time. They're 46-5. So I would think that there's a pretty damn good chance here that uh, Tampa that takes the, light, it. the lightning win. Yeah. yeah, I bet yeah. three O is something like 
99.8% of the time or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll be crazy. So, so it definitely looks like uh, we're going to have a repeat here. Yep. That's hard to do. It is. It helps when you manipulate the cat. Yeah, it helps when you're way over the top of the cat. But, you know, we've been over that. So, Montreal tried to get permission to increase uh, the capacity for attendance in the building up to 50% of capacity, up from what was previously approved at 3,500 for uh, for game three and game four. Not going to happen. But uh, yeah, it got flat out rejected. But I don't know if you guys saw much of that uh, game three or not, but it looked like a whole hell of a lot more than 3,500 people to me were in that building. So I don't know if uh, 3,500 people are all allowed to bring their friends and family or something. I don't know. (laughs) What is the percentage for the 3,500 people? Uh, Capacity. Do not know. Capacity is probably about 20,000. Yeah, it's probably 20, 25%-ish. Probably, probably closer to 20. Yeah, maybe even a little less, but yeah, something like that. That's quite the increase that they're going for. Yeah. Maybe they shot too high there. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But you go down to fucking Tampa and it's full, so, you know. <laughs> What's the real difference? Government. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So last piece of uh, interesting facts on the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Only three players in NHL history have ever scored 30-plus points in consecutive postseasons. You obviously got Wayne and Mario, and the newest addition to that list is Nikita Kucherov. So he's in some elite, elite company with that stat. Does anybody have his stats up by hand, uh, offhand? Because we were talking about uh, if he was going to get, get I 40. can't remember, his, yeah, 40 points or whatever. So where is he on that with only – He's at 32. Yeah, so even with a seven-game series, it's going to be – like if it were to go to seven, it's going to be tough. And he's at 24 assists. Right, so it's still pretty difficult. So. Yeah, but it's not going seven anyway. So he's definitely no, not. No, definitely not. Definitely not getting any of those records we previously talked about. It's, although I could see it going to five. I could see Tampa's subconscious telling them that, you know, we might just lose this. lose this game and we'll go win at home next game in front of a full building. Put it on cruise control. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of another team that did that. Hey, did, yeah. did they win? Listen here. But it also wouldn't surprise me to see it be over in one more game. No. Well, there's also the sweep involved. Like, that's always nice to do. Like, I don't know how many times that's been done in an NHL finals. I can't come off my head, at least. It's very rare. If you have a chance to do it, do it. I mean, don't play that game that let's go win it at home. Win it, win it now. Yeah. I don't think anyone would actually intentionally do that, but sometimes the subconscious can have an effect. Anyway. Let's get into some NHL awards. Some big awards were announced. Starting with the Vezina. So Marc-Andre Fleury wins his first Vezina. Flower. Yeah. So Kevin Josh, you had correctly picked him to win. Yeah. Yeah. Atta boys. Even though he had that goof against Montreal. <laughs> that didn't count because this is a regular season award. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but still, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they felt sorry for him. 
The team also has a goof by switching out their fucking goalies every other game. I think that's stupid, but whatever. That's besides the point. Yeah. Well, congrats to Flurry. It's good to see approaching the end of his career. Nice to see him get one of them does now. Uh, the Ted Lindsay, which is the MVP as voted by the players. No surprise here. Connor McDavid. I think we all had him winning that award. Yeah. Uh, the Calder, the Rookie of the Year, who's Kirill Kaptov, and we all had him winning that award as well. Yeah. The Norris goes to Adam Fox of New York. So none of us had Fox winning. And that's no. why you said Fox would win. I, I did. I said, I said he deserved to win, but I didn't think that he would actually win. So I chose Hedman like an idiot. And then Fox went ahead and won. So there you go. Good for him. And the heart. Obviously, McDavid won the heart. And all of us were clever enough to know that, that was going to happen, except for Kev. Kev was going, going hard for Austin Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> I was four for five on those picks, boys. Not too shabby. Not bad. Not bad at all. There's been a trade in the NHL. Victor Arvidsson has been traded to the Los Angeles Kings for two draft picks, a second rounder in uh, this year's draft and a third rounder next year. So I think I think this trade has a lot to do probably with, with the expansion draft coming up. And uh, he was probably a player that's uh, was potentially going to be exposed to the expansion draft, so they decided to move him for assets ahead of time so they wouldn't have to lose him for nothing. Smart. Yep. And LA picks up a solid player as they're, uh, as they're coming into trying to be a contending team again, coming out of their rebuild. Probably makes sense for both teams. Uh, and there were several contract extensions over this week. Uh, a couple big ones. Ryan Nugent Hopkins and uh, Joel Erickson Eck both signing eight year extensions at just over five million AAV each. So Nugent Hopkins is, his deal looks like uh, actually quite a bargain right now, anyway. Uh, but he is 28 years old. So it, it's, it's pretty clear that they traded essentially term for. Uh, annual value here is that's going to look like a real good deal for the first three or four years of it. And then as he starts to age into the back end of that deal, uh, and it's got a no move clause attached to it as well. Uh, it's going to look like a bit of a, a bit of an anchor on their cap potentially, uh, but maybe not. He goes till he's 36. Maybe he'll keep playing at a high level until then, but father time usually catches up by then. Uh, Eric Sinek is is not uh, not as good of a point producer as Nugent Hopkins, but he got a little more value. Uh, but he's also four years younger, and he's a better defensive player as well. So that might be a bit of a bit of a rich extension for him, but it might look his probably won't look so bad in the later part of the deal. And Wayne Simmons, the Wayne Train. Signed a two-year extension worth uh, two nine hundred k average annual value, uh, which I think is a great deal for the Leafs. He's right down under a million dollars, right where they need um, sort of complementary players to be with their cap situation. And Wayne Simmons is a Leaf for two more years. 
I like that. I like that. We need the muscle. For sure. The one potential downside of this signing is now he is going to be exposed in the expansion draft. Uh, whether Seattle takes him or not is uh, remains to be seen. Hopefully not. But uh, we'll see what happens. Is that the metro minimum or is it less than that? No, the minimum is 750. 750. Yeah, so it's 150 grand more than the minimum. I have no complaints with that deal at all. Yeah, definitely team friendly. Yeah. And he's playing in his hometown, so it's, uh, it's the old hometown discount. He's got a lot of those. Well, not really. <laughs> Maybe two. Uh, that's all for the NHL. Um, Josh, why don't you give us an update on how the NBA playoffs are shaking out? Well, they're shaking up just fine. I think everybody's enjoying it. Uh, it's been been a pretty good uh, bunch of series so far. The Eastern Conference and the Western Conference Finals are now done and over with, and uh, we'll be moving on to the NBA Finals. So just to recap the Conference Finals, you had the old Phoenix Suns sweep the Kawhi-less Clippers uh, in four games, obviously. And the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Atlanta Hawks 4-2. I'll go back to Phoenix here. So Chris Paul, this will be his first uh, attempt or first time getting into the NBA Finals. Uh, He scored 41 points in game four, 31 of which were scored in the second half. And that ties is tied for third most in a playoff series clinching win since 1996-97. So he really came out to play. He he could tell that he uh, he wanted that sweep and he wanted to to move on to the finals there. And I think it's great for Chris Paul. And I uh, well, we'll we'll talk about it shortly with our picks. But I hope he uh, I hope he pulls it out and gets to lift the trophy. Uh, so back to Milwaukee, Atlanta. Giannis did not play in Game Five or Game Six. He's uh, I can't remember the exact injury, but uh, injury nonetheless. Hyperextended his knee, I think. That's correct. Yeah, it was a hyperextended knee. That's right. So hopefully uh, the game, the, the finals don't start until Tuesday. So hopefully that has, you know, we'll give him a few more days here of rest and, and hopefully he'll be able to get back in there just so we can see uh, all the stars. But while Giannis was out, uh, Middleton, Holiday, and Lopez definitely picked up the slack, uh, especially uh, Lopez in game five, who put up 33 points. Middleton and Holiday put up 26 and 25 respectively. And then in game six, Middleton put up 32, Holiday 27, and Lopez with 13. And they definitely uh, held held the court down, if you will, uh, while Giannis was was out. And like I said, hopefully Giannis can come back. But if not, uh, the Bucks are definitely going to need those three guys to, to play at a high level in order to beat Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and the Suns. Yeah, and they have relatively been pretty healthy, the Suns, too. Yep. Whereas it seems like every other team has had some injuries here in these postseasons. So. Yep, 100%. And that's, like, really my deciding factor on who I would be picking for that, but I, uh, for the finals here, because the Bucks need Giannis for sure. Even though Middleton, Holiday, and Lopez killed it, it's still, you need that superstar there. For sure. And so in that uh, Milwaukee Atlantic uh, last couple games, Trey Young was not playing because of a bone bruise in his right foot. He did come back for, for game six, but couldn't get anything going. 
he only scored 14 points and just wasn't enough to uh, to beat that trio of Middleton, Holiday, and Lopez. So uh, obviously Trey was not throwing up trees. I mean, he might have put up a few, but clearly not enough. He was probably still sore. Yeah, for sure. It was an elimination game, so it was going to come up. And yeah, you got to come bone, up for sure. Yeah, bone bruises can hurt you, but I don't think there can be too much more damage when they come back, whereas if Giannis was in there and he hurt his knee, he definitely wouldn't be in the finals. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's go into the finals now. So Phoenix, Milwaukee, the Suns are the first team to make the NBA finals in their first playoff appearance after a decade or longer of playoff drought. So 10 years or more without making it even to the playoffs. And they're the first team to make it to the finals, which is crazy. They go Um, big or go home. Literally home. Yeah. But like I said, that might have to do with all the injuries that had happened over this, these playoffs. There's been a lot of injuries. So yep, yep, they managed to keep themselves healthy. They've been playing great. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I mean, you you need your stars on the, on the court. Yeah. They lost Chris Paul for, I think it was two games due to COVID. And then Devin Booker was out for all of about five minutes with a broken nose and they, they snapped her back into place, put him back out there. He played that the rest of that game without the mask, then came back. He, he didn't miss any time, not not much, you know. He's he he was laying on the on the court for less time with a boss ass nose than LeBron was with a poked fucking eye. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so that just shows the the uh, the toughness of Devin Booker and the lack of toughness from LeBron. So there are currently, <laughs> there are no players remaining in the NBA playoffs that have won a championship, not one between the two teams, which is crazy. You'd think that there'd be at least be one guy or a coach or something. Now they don't say coaches here within the, in the stat that I was reading. So maybe the, maybe I shouldn't say the coaches, but, but players, and that's pretty wild. The only players with NBA finals experience is Phoenix's Jay Crowder and uh, actually Solomon Hills is not on Milwaukee. He is on Atlanta. So that was an old, that was an old stat I read. So I'm just going to scratch that right out. Solomon Hills, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so just Jake, Jay Crowder as the only guy in the, uh, in the finals with finals experience. Good self challenge. Yeah, it was a good nice. self challenge for nice. sure. Yeah. And uh, both of those guys, Solomon Hill, even though I just told him to go fuck himself and Jay Crowder <laughs> uh, played with the heat in 2020 in the finals. And again, so I said it starts Tuesday, which uh, it's kind of nice that they push it off till Tuesday so that uh, the NHL can get their ratings up, viewership up, and uh, which I don't know how much the Americans watch that, but uh, I, I guess it must be a little bit. But anyway, and then we can watch the NBA Finals start on uh, on Tuesday, which would be nice. So I'm taking Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and the Phoenix Suns on this. I don't know how many games it's going to go. Probably six or seven. I think it's going to be a good, good long series. Um, I don't really care about the length, but I'm going to take the Suns. What do you guys got? So I heard a rumor that uh, Giannis would have been able to play in game seven if it had gone that far. So I think he's going to be back and able to play this series. I think based on that rumor. And if he is, I'm going with the Bucks. I'm just going to go with the Bucks, whatever. But I think I think there's going to be a healthy Antetokounmpo, and I definitely spelled his name correctly in our uh, show notes here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so I'm going Bucks. Yeah, I was kind of like Peter. It was a healthy Giannis, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks as well. Leave Yosh isolated there. Yeah, I'm going with the Bucks. All Bucks except for Josh. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, those three guys, those three key guys can do it without um, their main guy. And why not, man? But if he's back and healthy, there's going to be dominant. It's also Atlanta versus Phoenix, though, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Atlanta is not the team that Phoenix is, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. Middleton and Lopez and uh, Holiday can beat Atlanta, but I don't know if they'll be able to beat Phoenix. Yeah, Chris Paul is a man possessed right now, looking like he's dying to get that championship. He wants it for sure. And, I mean, Devin Booker is fucking good. Yep. So. I don't think it's going to be a sweep either, guys. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a long and a good one. Yeah, I can't see it being a sweep, man. Can't see it being a sweep. That would be pretty crazy, though. Pretty crazy. You guys want to put some points on this or not? I don't <laughs> no. care. All right. No, no, we're good. <laughs> Why? You're afraid to lose some there, Pedro? I, I can fucking definitely lose. I can definitely take some, so get off that uh, minus of mine. <laughs> We put points on it when we guessed from the very I'm, start. I'm game for points everywhere. I know. Yeah, the four of us, when we're together, I think points and penalties should be a key thing for whatever we do. You mean like just when saying. I beat you at basketball yesterday? And just like I beat you at basketball <laughs> yesterday? <laughs> we played twice. That means we lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. If we're counting that, then uh, let's count some cam jam then. Oh, uh, fuck uh, you all. Fucking domination <laughs> by me there. <laughs> we can go to the washer toss then. So for you listeners, we had a little uh, Canada Day celebration type thing um, on Saturday. And uh, we played a bunch of games, as the boys said, washer toss, uh, can jam, little basketball, so on and so forth. I don't think I fucking won anything except for a little can jam with Jesse. Other than that, I fucking got my ass kicked. So You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. That was the only thing I won. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure we won washer toss. Yeah, no, we, 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 no, because Josh was on my team in that, and we sucked. Still felt like a loss. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. I was with Kev. That's right. Yeah. Well, Kev was definitely the MVP of Washer Tosh. No question about that. He was hitting the fucking things left, right, and center. But Jesse was the MVP in uh, Can Jam for sure. But who's our uh, MVP this week, Pete? This week's Points and Penalties MVP is brought to you by MVP Brewing Company. Try the Game Changer. So our MVP segment is sponsored by MVP Brewing. MVP's kickback program is to give every child a chance to be the best MVP they can be. MVP Brewing wants to make all sports more accessible and affordable by donating 5% of all sales towards community kids sports organizations it's a great initiative we're glad to have them as our sponsor cheers boys cheers. so our mvp for this week for episode 24 is shohei otani who sorry jesse and kev is probably going to be the mvp in the al hate to break it to you yeah it's looking more and more like that man yeah there's still another half of the season though 
Yeah, 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 there is. We'll see. So he is the first player to be uh, named an all-star as a batter and a pitcher in MLB history. He currently leads the majors with 31 home runs, which is the most home runs before the all-star break in Angels history. And only two players in MLB history have 25-plus home runs, 10-plus uh, stolen bases, and 75-plus strikeouts in a career. One is Shohei Otani, and the other is, I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy, uh, Babe Ruth. Who? <laughs> the Great Bambino. <laughs> yeah, and that's 75 pitching strikeouts, not 75 yeah, yeah, yeah. swinging strikeouts. So that's... <laughs> Uh, that's uh it's pretty pretty intense this guy's been he's been great all year you know he had a bit of a hiccup there you know and just as you've been saying is he's he's not the best pitcher in the al but he's very good and adding in the the batting is just it's massive for for our mvp here and for the al mvp it's just huge I was saying pitching, and I even said a, couple, a week or so ago about how he has turned it around, and then he got mm-hmm. ran out of the building. I don't know if it was in the first. I think it was in the first. It was in the first from the Yanks. The yeah. Yanks, yeah, which has not been a good team for hitting as of late either. So kind of strange. Yeah, it was just an off day for him, you know. Right. He's more worried about the home run record than pitching right now. Like, yeah. And that's what I've, I've said is, is hitting has always been way better. His pitching was coming along pretty, like as, as a – a good, not quite ace level, but really great. So I've got a few uh, things I want to go through his the last couple of weeks of Shohei's uh, accomplishments and what he's done each each game or each day. So starting on June 15th, it'll end on June 29th. So it's a little bit passe, but this is insane. June 15th, home run. June 16th, home run. June 6, 17th, six inning pitch, one earned run, five Ks and a win. June 18th, two home runs. June 19th, home run. June 20th, home run. June 21st, he was off. June 22nd, he went 0 for 3. Shitty day. <laughs> June, June 23rd, six inning pitch, one earned run, nine strikeouts. June 24th, he was off. June 25th, home run. June 26th, he went 1 for 3. June 27th, home run. June 28th, home run. June 29th, two home runs. That's a hell of a good two weeks. Yeah. You know, And then you can add a couple more home runs onto that. Uh, he had one today. To make to push it up to to thirty one and uh, and one must have been one or two in the, the days between that it's just it's just insane this guy just mashing baseballs and throwing pretty good like I said just other than that Yankees game which is just after you know it would have been between June 29th and July fourth here today so which is just I think it was just a couple of days ago anyway but anyway just had a little added bonus there for our weekly MVP he's just been mashing the baseball. I just want to say one other thing too, because he's you said he was mashing the ball. He hit his one this today, this afternoon, for four hundred and fifty-nine feet, which is the second longest of his career. What can you say about Showtime, man? He's the game changer. He really is, and he has uh, four home runs measured over four hundred and fifty feet already, mm-hmm. tied for with Vladdy and Tyler O'Neill. And do you guys know who has the longest home run? In MLB history. Didn't we already do this before? Yeah, we did. Our very first challenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know who it is. Jesse, you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I got second there. <laughs> oh, fuck. I was going off of uh, the myth one. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going by. 
What did you call him? Like Ricky Mantle or something? Yeah. I called him. I called him Ricky. Yeah. Uh, Fucking shit. nerves, bud. For the show. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh shit! All right, so Shohei, as Pete said, is the first player to be named an All-Star batter and a pitcher in MLB history. So carrying on with the MLB and the All-Star game. We have we now know who the All Stars are going to be the starters, uh, the reserves, as well as the pitchers. Now we don't necessarily know who the starting pitchers are going to be, but we have our guesses, which I will get to in just a minute or two. But the big thing here, we had four Blue Jays that were in the running to be a starter for the AL All Star team. Three of which have now been voted in as starters. So Vlad Guerrero, Marcus Simeon. And Teoscar Hernandez are all voted in as starters for the AL. Vlad is the youngest player ever to lead the MLB in all-star voting. And that is awesome. It could be because our Toronto fans are great and they vote, 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 vote. Or it could mean that everybody around the league is seeing that this guy is having a stellar season and are voting for him uh, that way. And that's, that's fucking great. I don't know. I don't ever remember seeing three and we're gonna see bull as shorts up as a reserve i don't ever remember seeing four jays in an all-star game now maybe in 92 93 ish but i don't really remember any now you guys think of any any years like i think in 93 they did i think i remember seeing it they did yeah they had a few pitchers you know they had the they had four i think well it made sense then yeah for sure so i mean it's just great that you know these guys are our starters and Jess, I got a question for you. Do you think Tay Oscar is still the odd man out in the Jays outfield now that he's an all-star starter? Yeah. See, <laughs> I don't know if he needs to be a, a starter. Like he's had a, he's had a good season. Don't get me wrong, but he's still, his June has been not the greatest. And same with the start of July. He hasn't been that good. Like all of June, he only has three home runs. He's got the most strikeouts on the team. Like Kevin Biggio has just over half the amount of bats there and he's tied in home runs with him. The only thing he's really good that I, I finally found a stat. I'm like, how is he getting all these votes? Is he's really good with runners in scoring position. That's where he makes his money. He's still hitting for the year about 300, which is awesome for him because he's never done that before and everything like that. But I seriously think like he's still doing this down, downward trend, but he's still getting like just enough hits to keep his average there. But his average in June was 271, which was good because at the be I think we went through halfway through the season, it was like below 230. It was really low. And so he started getting at least a couple more hits here. But do I think he deserves to be in there for the full season? Yeah, I can see it. He is he's still got some pretty good stats and he's still hitting the ball up. But the key thing is he's fucking clutch right now. Now now that he's going to be an all-star, is that give him more value as a trade chip? I mean, that, that's the thing is I would sell high on this guy. Like, I, I, I know I've been saying this and everything like that. The, as being the odd man out of that outfield that you were talking about, you can't take him out when he's hitting, when he's hitting with runners in scoring position at that mm-hmm. rate, which I don't have in front of me, but I did find it, and it was, it was very good. All right, yeah. well, I was just, just curious there, just because you've interpreted him for the last couple of weeks, and <laughs> now he's an all-star. Well, the thing is, too, is the guy that I had replacing him was Grichik, and he – he hasn't been doing too hot. And I've even in his fielding has been, I think two weeks ago the, when they lost to Baltimore, they had a chance to 
it was a foul out and Gritchick dropped it in foul territory and they would have been out of the inning and they would have swept the the Orioles and that didn't happen. So he, his fall from grace has been very large here, but Guriel is killing it. He's he hit 300 for the for the month of June, only five home runs. He still had less RBIs than Teoscar, but but he was still heating up. And this is, I think he's going to continue that on through June. Right on. All right, so let's go through the rest of the AL starters. So first base we have Guerrero Jr. Second base we have Simeon. Shortstop we've got Xander Bogarts. Third base is Devers. Our left fielder is Teoscar. Center is Trout, but he I believe won't be playing. Uh, and I think Byron Buxton is the next man up based on the percentages, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Is he back? Who's that, Buxton? Yeah, because he was hurt. He was hurt on and off. Yeah, see, I don't know about that. I was just reading something today, and they said that Trout likely wasn't going to play because of his injury. And then they just showed that the next highest percentage getter was was Buxton. So I'm not 100 percent sure if he's if he's back or not. Then in right field, we had Aaron Judge. As a catcher, you had Salvador Perez. And as previously mentioned, as the hitter, so DH is going to be Shohei Otani, which makes sense. For the NL starters, first baseman Freddie Freeman. Second base is Frazier. Shortstop is big money man. Bags of duffel bags of cash. Tatis Jr. (laughs) Third base is Jesse's uh, fantasy guy, Nolan Arenado. Left field is Winkler. Center field is Acuna Jr. Right field is Castellanos. And the catcher is Buster Posey. Now, I believe this is in an AL ballpark this year, so there will be a DH, but the NL manager just chooses one off the team because there really isn't a DH to choose from in the NL, which makes sense. And likely starting pitchers are probably going to be Shohei, mentioned, and Jacob DeGrom, who's been a superstar. So there's no surprises there. And I'm hoping that it would be really sweet if Otani starts and leads off. If you could have Otani versus DeGrom first first at bat in the All-Star game, I think that would be pretty fucking sweet. They might just do that, man. Yeah, there might be a little – I mean, it really comes down to the AL manager to put Otani as the leadoff hitter. That's really all it comes down to, and then it'll happen. But I'd like to see that. To be honest, I'd like to see him smash a home run off of DeGrom just to yeah. just be like, who's the fucking MVP, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, those games are big, though, aren't they? Like the winner has home field advantage for the playoffs. Right, start. this is the only all-star game that matters. It's the only yeah. one that has meaning. Right. So, uh, yeah, so the home f- whoever wins this gets home field advantage in the World Series, which is huge. But Shohei won't care because the Angels are not going. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to put any predictions under these ones then, guys? Is the NL going to win? Is the AL going to win? We can if you want. I'm telling you, I think the NL will win. All right, Kev says the NL. Who you got, Jess? I'll go with the AL just because the Jays are there and there's a bunch there. Yeah, I'm going AL for show. 100% AL. So Kev's on his fucking only island all by himself there in National League land. but And, and I'm singing that song too. Do it. All <laughs> by myself. Okay, guys, before I get into the Blue Jays update, uh, there are a couple other uh, milestones and broken records this week. Joey Votto, good old Canadian, hit a home run on Wednesday for his 1,000th career RBI. That's a lot of RBI. And so congratulations to him on that. And then Trey Turner ties the MLB record with his third career cycle, and only three other players have done that, Adrian Beltre, Babe Herman, and Bob Musio. That's crazy. Yep. 
That's fucking nuts. Especially this year with all the, the huge pitching stats. Like that's wild. I think he did it by the in the by the sixth inning too. Like it was he did it pretty quick in in the game, and it was uh, just happened to be his birthday. So happy birthday, yes, bud! That's a good fucking yeah, happy big day. Yeah, that's big a day. hell of a birthday gift, man, for sure. But anyway, all right, into the Blue Jays. So we just mentioned that they have three guys, four guys actually in the All Star game, three being starters. This week they were five hundred three and three on the week. They were one and two versus Seattle and two and one versus Tampa. They are third in the AL East, 43 and 39, eight games back of Boston. Jesse, don't even bother there challenging. You go. I checked there in. You go. <laughs> and this upcoming week, another big week, three against Baltimore, three against Tampa. They got to win all six of them. Yeah. They got to win. It was all. pretty embarrassing that we, we lost the series to Seattle, tell you the truth. I agreed. Yep. Like 100%. They are not a good team, but they are above 500 somehow. And it's it's annoying that the Jays are giving them these W's too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Teams like Seattle, teams like Baltimore, not good to be losing to these shitty teams. Well, Baltimore's record shows how shitty they are. Seattle's record doesn't show how shitty they are. Yeah. Like not. they're negative 42 in differential. Like they, they should have smoked these guys. And they've already been like no hit twice this year so fuck (laughs) it just bugs me (laughs) tell us how you really feel fuck seattle (laughs) okay and alec manoa as we've talked about for the last uh, few weeks now he has now served his five game suspension for beating the orioles uh, michael franco and in his return he had seven straight strikeouts on Friday en route to 10 strikeouts, which was great. I was like screaming and yelling at the TV. I'm like, get 10, get 10. Like, oh, cause he would have been the MVP, right? Cause last yeah. week Nola was the MVP for tying a 10. So he would have had to have been the MVP. I think seven was a blue Jays record too. That's correct. So uh, seven in a row yeah. was a blue yeah. Jays record. And he ended up with 10, as I said, for the whole game, which is the second most strikeouts in a game by a Blue Jays rookie, which is pretty fucking good, too. And the record was 11. Uh, and there was three or four guys with uh, with 11 strikeouts as a rookie in a game. So it would have been nice if he would have been able to get that one more to uh, to at least tie that record. But, hey, he's he's lighting it up, man, and I'm enjoying watching him pitch. So, Peter, do you think he's ready to be, stay in the big leads? Yep. I mean, at this point, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> I know, but he was saying before, he's like, I don't know if he's ready. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said, just don't bring him up until he's ready. I don't know if he's ready Which or is not. as vague as, as possible as you could get. Well, that's Peter's M.O. Yeah. Banks, <laughs> <any fucking> points. <laughs> Let me just check the scores. Or, yeah, that's or, or conditions. <laughs> There's conditions on everything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, like, like I said, like you bring him up. If he falters, you put him back down there. You get more confidence, but he's got all the confidence in the world, especially after that suspension. He appealed it. Obviously, it didn't go through, which is usually the case, and served it and came back with vengeance. All right, so I don't have this on our uh, on our agenda here, but uh, I'm going to ask you guys now. Season's half over. Jays are in third place in the division. Where do they end up in the division at the end of the season? I'm just praying that they're in there to sit there playing the playoffs, wild card or not. No, no. Well, I want to know what position in the AL East we're talking. Second. So I originally had them winning the division. I am going to change that. 
because I think Tampa and Boston are too good right now. And I was also saying that I think Boston would falter. Those fuckers have proved me wrong. <laughs> I'll go with Kev. I'll say second. I'll be optimistic. I think – I don't think the way things are, they're going to catch Tampa. Boston's in the lead right now. I know. They're not catching. But I think I think they're going to make some moves in the bullpen. I think they're going to straighten that up. So I, I think they're going to make some moves, and they're going to get a bit better, and they're going to end up in second ahead of Tampa. Second. But they got to make some moves. I don't think they're good enough right now. Well, there's the fucking... There's, there's a condition. <laughs> Always a condition. There's a condition. Second with moves. Okay, I'll write that down. I'd like to be with you guys, but I think they're going to finish third. They're just right where they are. I just I just don't think that they're good enough to beat a, uh, sorry, Tampa and, and Boston. Uh, I just hope that somehow the uh, teams in the other divisions can falter so that we can at least make a a wild card spot, but it's, uh, I know there's lots of time left, lots of games, lots of things can happen. I just think if things stay the way that they are right now, I don't think it's going to happen. Shapiro has said that they are looking to make some moves and they did actually make one move. They picked up Corey Dickerson and uh, I can't remember. Simber. Simber. Yeah. His last name from the Marlins. Yeah. And so they got him from, for panic and a uh, minor leaguer, minor league pitcher. I don't think that's a horrible deal. Uh, I wasn't able to simmer. He pitched like the first or second game that he was on the team. And I think he did pretty well uh, in, in his debut, but it was only a, an inning or two, nothing crazy to, uh, to write home about, but hopefully they can keep adding, like I said, Pete, add some, some bullpen depth, pitching depth would be handy because that's pretty yeah. much all they need right now. Really. I mean, we could use a starting fucking yeah. catcher that can hit the ball, but that's just a matter of... Reese McGuire hasn't been horrible. No, he hasn't been horrible, but he's no... Um... Kirk? Kirk, yeah, with with the stick, you know. I think you can you can sort of look at it as adding Springer to this lineup as well. Because through the first half of the season, he hasn't... For sure. He hasn't been playing much, obviously, because injuries. So that might get a couple games... Uh, worth of victories up on Tampa, but I don't know. I think with adding adding Springer and uh, they make some moves in the bullpen, I think they'll be okay. But if not, then uh, I think I'm with you, Josh. I'll be third. You said third or or no, no, I'm just, Sec- second with moves and third without moves for for sec- sec- second is still the choice, but I could, I could see him being third. Fair enough. Well, that's pretty much all I got for uh, Blue Jays and baseball this week. I'm pretty excited for the All-Star game. Uh, Shohei did say that he was going to participate in the Home Run Derby, which was pretty cool. Uh, Vlad said no dice, which I am fine with because they're or not theoretically, sorry, typically guys that, that uh, hit in the Home Run Derby lose their stroke for the second half of the, of the year, and I do not want to uh, see that happen to Vlad. And I mean, hey, if, if Shohei doesn't hit as many home runs uh, in the second half of the year, that only means good things for Vlad to win that MVP. So I'd like to see that. Who knows? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Those are always it's always a fun weekend though, watching the All Star All Star Game and the uh, and the Home Run Derby. It's it's got to be my favorite uh, All Star Game and uh, and weekend over the four major sports. Maybe with basketball coming in a. a I was gonna say basketball is kind of all right to watch because they yeah. they do try try here and there a bit more especially now because now it's it's all for charity and as opposed to just playing to win and and they you know you have to score 
you have to beat your score by 24 points at the end in, in honor of Kobe and, and so on and so forth. So I really like the way that the NBA does their, their all-star uh, breakdown. But for me, just because it actually means something in the MLB, that's why it, uh, it takes the cake. For oh, me. for sure. I enjoy that as well. I mean, every sport should kind of do that. Hockey should definitely do something like that. Yeah. Hockey's all-star game is dumb. Never was. Never almost as dumb as footballs <laughs> not back in my era man hockey that was they're still playing i mean they were still hitting there was fighting in the all-star games so challenge man i don't think there was a fight in an all-star game in base or in uh, in hockey go right ahead back in back I don't know in my how era we're gonna figure that one out but... back in my era we're talking in the 70s and 80s you I, can I bet, guarantee there's fight i bet all-star josh you're gonna lose right, this I'm, and it's gonna I'm be gonna some gonna stupid that. like gimmick fight like between back in i don't know it's gonna be some joke fight that doesn't wasn't really a real fight all right i'll see if i can find it and while i do that jess why don't you run us up on uh, some nfl all right so in the nfl washington owner dan daniel schneider was given a 10 million dollar fine for his uh workplace review findings in an investigation that happened last year where a lot of employees mainly female came forward about sexual harassment and fear they put fear into their employees on what they were going to do and then some other stuff with i believe it was like the cheerleading team in 2008 there was a video and stuff like that i can't remember the guy's name but he was a high executive there and the washington post did a piece on it about all the sexual harassment that was going on and the videotaping of the uh the cheerleaders in the bikini for their swimsuit calendar for washington cheerleaders so yeah, that that that's what the investigation was about, and that's what the find is for. Um, from I think it was called the Wilkerson investigation was the people that they were talking about. But for the NFL for finding them, the the money will be used to support organizations committed to character education, anti-bullying, health healthy relationships, and related topics. So it's just it's trying to get the money out there. I think NFL is trying to save some face here and and help them out and also try and build their brand of being inclusive and everything like that in addition to that what happened also is his wife was now named co-ceo this week and she'll take over a lot of the day-to-day duties represented represent the franchise and functions for several months now and we got word that yes john scott fought with patrick kane recently in the all-star yeah. game. And like I said, it was a gimmick fight. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, I'm not seeing that on the infraction list here. <laughs> what are you looking at? I've got scoutingthereps.com, and the only fight I see is in 1953. Mm. And, I mean, if it's a fight, you'd get a penalty for fighting. Thank right? you. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. I'm just watching a minute and 19 seconds of the either, you know, that uh, John Scott and Patrick Kane. All right, carry on, Justin. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't, oh, we haven't figured this one out yet. Okay. All righty. So continuing on here, Tanya Schneider got, is now the co-CEO of this team. And the bullying imit- imitation frequently took place, apparently. And they described it as a culture of fear there as an employee. The team has been under independent investigation since 2020 when that Washington Post story came out stemming from a number of sexual harassments. Now, I believe they're trying to change the culture there in Washington. They hired Ron Rivera, 
who is, I think he's black and white there. And he's, they also hired the first NFL president that was African-American, which was great. And they're just trying to change the culture of how everything was there. And they've changed the name of the, the team and they haven't found a second name. I know that's still, I believe in the courts because someone else has taken that name and they have to buy it from them. And they're running up the tab on that, but the Washington football team are trying to change how the culture there and trying to have a winning culture, which they obviously made the postseason last year, even though it was in the wild or it wasn't the wild card. They won the NFC East, but it was with a under 500 record. Another big news, Brian Ramchuk agrees to a five-year deal with the Saints for 96. It was a $96 million extension. 16 million of that was guaranteed. And he now becomes the highest paid right tackle in the NFL. The former first round pick was on his fifth year option, but will be around for years to come with this extension. He's missed one regular season game in four years and earned first team all pro honors in 2019. He's usually consistently one of the best NFL blockers in the pass and the run game. So he's been dominant the whole time and the saints really need this right now because Got some question marks at quarterback, so I think they're going to start running the ball. Ramchuk has also just allowed 10 sacks and 10 quarterback hits in his four years playing in the NFL, which is very good. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty good tackle, man. He's a he's a masher. I was watching a bunch of his goal line stuff, and they run well. He's a right tackle, so they run to that the right side for the most part. But he just runs over everybody. Goal line. Right videos I was watching, he was pushing a lot of blockers into, or a lot of the defenders into other defenders behind him. So he would essentially like nice. almost take two guys out of the, out of the play. And then we got hard knocks, which is going to the Dallas Cowboys, which I think this year might be pretty fun to watch. I watched last year, obviously, cause it was with LA, but this year, I think I might actually watch this one because it is America's team. And they already get a ton of publicity, but they might as well get some more because they got Dak coming back from his injury. That was amazing, actually. I rewinded that thing like three fucking times to watch it. We know you're gross. Definitely gross. But he also has a huge contract, too. So he's got to live up to that contract, get back in the game, and definitely not play gunshot, which I doubt he will. Hopefully he lasts the whole season because a couple other storylines here I have is you got McCarthy on the hot seat because – this team was better under Garrett last year, obviously with the injury to Dak, it hurts. It hurt the Cowboys a bunch, but I think when Dak went down, they were one and three and they were putting up points, but their defense was hot garbage. And especially with all the defensive players that they had signed at the linebacker position and, and D line, they were, they were pretty bad last year and they replaced them with Dan Quinn, who was the shitty hotliner head coach <laughs> yeah no no comment from the peanut gallery uh, we all know that's okay he he's finally accepted it it's not as fun now but that i a few things i just got to throw out there was underneath dan quinn the only good season they had for defense was when they went to the super bowl and we all know how that ended so him coming in is going to be interesting hopefully he can figure some stuff out but i i'm not a huge cowboy fan but i still want to see See if they falter. And Dan Quinn's from was originally from Seattle as the defensive coordinator there. So 
I'm not a big fan of him, but I just I just want to see if he can do anything with his defense. And the last thing I got here is Zeke. Yeah. Now he was he was hurt a lot last season, and he really wasn't that good. He barely made for four yards per carry. For him, it was bad, but like that's like around like league average kind of thing like that. But he also didn't go over a thousand yards, but that was also because he only played in eleven games. But he's got to he's got to get his shit together. Defenses also didn't have to prepare for anything but the run after Dak, right? So like, I mean, you know that fucking Andy Dalton isn't gonna fucking throw the ball downfield. So, and who was the other guy? The fucking I can't remember his name. The, the I think pretty sure he was a rookie that, that they brought in for a, a game or two as a quarterback. Fuck, I can't remember his name now. Showers? Maybe not. No, no maybe he's not there anymore. No, that was a guy we used to work with. <laughs> well, they no, showers. <laughs> no, they, they they did have a quarterback na- named Showers. So, <laughs> but anyway, like so, it's pretty tough for Zeke to get lots of yards and whatever when they're all just stacking the box because you know they're not going to throw the ball downfield now yes they did throw downfield a little bit but not like Dak would that opens up a whole lot more room for Zeke so okay then what what about Tony Pollard he fucking did really he did better had a or he did have a better average than Zeke and he had a lot better statistics as well he got lucky so Oh fuck! I I agree. Zeke was so shit. pretty much whenever was whenever Zeke was in the back there, you were like, "Oh, must be run the ball." But Tony Pollard, they they drop back. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, man. They thought they were gonna pass it and dump it down in the flat, <laughs> and he got lucky, which they did, which they did. And but he's also pretty good. He uh, was pretty good receiving was. receiving. Uh, yeah, Pollard was pretty good all year, and, and he back. was definitely a. Uh, a savior for Zeke in that sense, because without, without uh, Pollard, that run game would have been non-existent, completely non-existent. And so Pollard really helped, uh, help the Cowboys out in that respect. Didn't help my fantasy uh, at all out with, uh, without Zeke getting the ball 30 times a game, but is what it is. Maybe this year. And then we got one more thing for the NFL here. They have now gotten a partnership with some gambling sites here. Sites are Caesars Entertainment, DraftKings, and FanDuel in April. And with this coming, with this gambling-centric companies and in 21 states in the District of uh, Columbia, they might be starting this year with this, or it might start in the following year for the next 10 years, this partnership. And at this point, NFL owners are reportedly believed to be worth 8 to $10 billion in the, uh, when this deal is done for sure wow yeah so i think i read the average was four and six the leading is obviously the cowboys i think they're at like five five point seven maybe billion net worth i think i think the other ones are like new england in there and maybe chicago maybe pretty crazy for already the biggest sport in north america at least for how much money they make and for only having 16 games which is Pretty wild. Yeah, for sure. And I know I've been enjoying a bunch of gambling last year. The last year was the first year I did a bunch of gambling. And hopefully I'll probably be continuing doing it now. But you make any money? Uh no, I broke even. Not bad. Not bad for a first not bad for a rookie. I was up until the Super Bowl. I made a bunch of bets at the Super Bowl and not a lot of them came through because I had the Chiefs doing everything and they shit the bed on me. Kev. What else is happening? 
Well, going from a great watch of football, going to the uh, crappy football league, otherwise known as the CFL, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, announced Thursday the club has agreed to agree to a deal with a former NFL wide receiver of Cam Meredith. You know that guy, right, Yosh? Dave is fucking shit. <laughs> That's why he's gone to the crappy football league. What we have here is Doug Flutie uh, quote on stating uh, true to the CFL roots, which he's all about. He goes on to quote, I see bringing in these big names to engage the younger fans. They've been a part of it. And then you've got a good financial backing that can support it for a while and grow the game. My fear is the loss of the CFL game, the uniqueness of it. I don't want Canadian teams to end up playing American football. I'd love to see it stay the way it is. Now, I do agree with this. I mean, if the XFL does still thinking about coming in with the Rock, they should definitely still keep it the three-down rule. I mean, I can see moving the yardage just, I don't know, five yards less on the, the width and at least go to 15 yards in the end zone. But he wants to keep it the same, which I, I kind of agree with. But it's it's a crappy football league. The only one I really watch is this, uh, the Grey Cup. And that's about it. Yeah, like if they change it to American football, then there's no, there's really no point in having a league. Like just just talk to fucking the NFL about expansion, really. Like, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the three down football, but it, it is a different game. And in my opinion, it needs to stay different if it's going to be stick around. And, you know, sure, it's it's not going to expand much. Like, how do you expand, a, what is it, a seven-team league or something stupid like that? Eight, eight, it's an odd number, right? So Nine, I think it is. Nine, yeah. So, yeah. like, how do I mean, really, how do you expand that? It's already in all the big cities in Canada. Uh, maybe you put one out east, I guess. Would be the well, they've next. done that before, right? I, I, that's why I stopped watching it. When they all went to the, the U.S. I didn't say the U.S. I'm just stating is that they've, they've tried to move some over to like different areas and just didn't work. Well, I believe we talked about this before and we don't really want to change a lot of the rules, but I, th- I, I do would change the end zones and where the field goals posts are because you're just asking for injuries when you put it right in front at the goal line. So, but if if that's the way that they can get more teams in there, make it more exciting, maybe get because if you look at like the minors, like they got like three or four different leagues there in the minors with, with for MLB. So like you're definitely gonna see if the Americans get involved in this that they might start enjoying it. Now it's a different game, like with the three downs. So, but we need that viewership. Like they don't want to watch anything in the CFL because they don't have any teams in it. That's fair. But I don't know where, where, I mean, where do you put a CFL team in the U S though? Like, you know, do you put them way down South or no. do you put them around the border? Right. I'd put them around the border. Cause like, like Wisconsin, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle and stuff like that. And even Michigan, they're huge. Those are huge uh football states for sure that's a logical location 
well, it will. It's the XFL that they're are they're, they're looking about teaming up with, right? Is that what? Hudson bought it. Yeah. So is the Rock? You know, if they're going to do that, is he happy with just having adding a couple teams to the border, basically? You know, or does he want to expand it down into the, the more southern states? Who knows, right? Well, I do know that with him, it's that he did uh, play in the uh, CFL, so he definitely wants to keep the roots to the same. I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, you think that, but we don't know. Right. Money talks. He probably wants more to make money. Yeah, 100% <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's starting to see all this gambling NFL making. Maybe CFL can get that. <laughs> Maybe. Under over one rouge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 1.5. <laughs> yeah. That'd be that'd really fuck up your uh, spread if you got if you got a couple <laughs> rouges on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh Going into the Euro Cup here, guys, we have uh, Denmark that beat Czech Republic 2-1. Yeah. England beat Ukraine 4-0. And then uh, we have our uh, brackets that are still going on with, uh, I believe. Hey, speak for yourself. Mine's dead. Same right. here. <laughs> so, so we did our round of 16 brackets. Uh, we picked all the winners all the way through the final, just like we did with the March Madness. Although we started at, uh, pretty sure it was around a 64 in uh, March Madness. So Kevin is now done. He has no more teams that uh, he can get wins for. He has a total of three wins for his bracket, finishing up in fourth place. Peter, you have four and have no chance to get any more. You finished in third place. Currently, I am in second place with four correct and two potentials to be right, which would bring me up to a total of six. Jesse has six, but is done. He has no more potentials. So I'm the only one left with teams. And I got Spain. So if Spain No, I I got England. No, you don't anymore, bro. They won. Yeah, you already got you already got that point. But they're going to the finals. I got them. You don't have them to win to go to the final. Who do I have? You had the Netherlands. Oh, okay. I thought I had the. I, I thought I had England. Nope. I gotta yeah. double. I gotta double check this then, because I thought I had England. Well, here it is. Take a fucking screenshot, bro. There it is, right here. <laughs> well, I'm talking <laughs> about what, what I sent. What I sent you. You did that manually. That's true, but yeah, check check the. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But anyway, so Jesse's got six and in the lead right now, and I can I can tie him uh, with six. But I'm the only one that has a chance to get the correct winner still, as uh, as the winner I pick, Spain, is not bounced yet. Yeah, man, I have England going to the final. You read that wrong. I don't know. Send the pick of that. Yeah, I sent the screenshot. All right, you well, can look, look at in your that. look at your WhatsApp. We'll have to look at that. All right. So as Josh is talking about, we do have on July 6th, which is this Tuesday, Italy is based uh, versus Spain. So that's going to be a, a good match. Wednesday, July 7th, we have England versus Denmark. And they uh, both games do start at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And then going into uh, more football, Toronto FC fires head coach on Sunday in wake of a humiliating 7-1 loss to D.C. United. The club's sixth straight defeat under the fifth-year coach Toronto is 1-8-2, is winless in seven, and is in last place. 
It is not good at all. No, definitely not. They're uh, they're really shit in the bed this year, big time. And this, I believe, is their second worst start in franchise history. Um, one good thing, though, that, that could possibly start helping on July 17th is when the TFC should be uh, able to start uh, playing and training in their uh, facility. Good. Um, we also see here, too, with Michael Bradley also had a bit of a quote in regards to um, he said that <clears throat> we let ourselves down. We let our fans down and we let everybody who follows us down. Not even close to good enough, not who we are, and I'm sorry. When you play like that, when you lose like that, words mean nothing afterwards. So that's just coming from, uh, I believe, before the firing or of the uh, coach. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's going to be going on with this TFC group, but they definitely got to do something. From winning a championship to now doing what they're doing is absolutely horror awful. It's the same thing as the Raptors. But the Raptors were trying to be bad at least at the end. Jess, you were right. You were right, Jess. I I definitely saw that different. I must have saw the horizontal stripes from Netherlands and the vertical stripes of France and mixed them all up and whatnot. But so yeah, so you basically you've won then uh the point. Um, because you'll have seven then. Yeah, you'll have seven. And then we're just waiting on Spain to lose against Italy. Italy, yeah. Well, actually, no. You won't have seven yet. You'll have seven if England wins the next game. So it's not over yet. It's not over just yet. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) But more importantly, Josh, if you lose out, you can still tie me, right? Um. Yes, if Spain loses their next game, yes. Yeah, but we're just giving one point to, to the winner. It's only one point to the winner, yeah. Huh. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is a golf. <laughs> Wish it was. Now, if we get into negatives, a... then. What do you, yes, what, what exactly. Do you want that? <laughs> yeah. All right, Kev. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Carry on. It's all good, bud. Um, going into our WNBA, uh, we have Connecticut uh, Sun leads their Eastern Conference uh, against uh, Chicago Sky. That is only like 2.5 games back. And then we have Las Vegas Aces and Seattle Storm are now both on top on the Western Conference with Minnesota Lynx at three and a half games back. I know we talked about this before, but their names really do suck. They're horrible, man. Horrible. Like, I think we said the Storm was like the only one that is even remotely intimidating. Like... I guess maybe a Lynx would be intimidating, but like a lot of Watch out for that sky. Watch out for the sky. Shit, he's gonna throw a fucking playing card at me. Like (laughs) it's just it's goofy. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Carry carry on, Kevin. Well, I think the aces are more for the it's for Vegas Vegas. and gambling and whatnot, but it's still goofy. (laughs) Going into this NCAA, uh, now approves. Was it nil policy? Players will now be able to benefit on their name, image, and likeness. Right. So then nil, yeah, nil is name, image, and and likeness, right? So it's not zero policy as as nil would actually mean. But uh, yeah, this is great that they can now 
uh, they can do advertisements. They can, they can do whatever they want now, basically uh, make some cash uh, off of themselves. If you're a, a superstar, or even if you're not a superstar, at least you can still make a few bucks. You if know? you're Jersey selling, man, that's making coin in your pocket. Right. So I really like this. Um, it's, it's been a long time coming. Now there has been some pushback from previous players in the NCAA that had some records in such stripped, uh, i.e. Reggie Bush. He had the Heisman taken away from him as well as all his records. And he's pushing to have it all reinstated and to have the uh, trophy returned to him. Uh, what I've heard on that front is that the NCAA is basically telling him to shove it. Uh, you're not getting it back. Uh, it's not happening, uh, which it's right on the NCAA lines. That's how they, they do this shit. Yeah. I, I kind I mean, of agree with them too. Like I mean, there was a rule then the rule yeah. is not, you know, the rule isn't there now. So it, it sucks for Reggie Bush, but you know, that's the rules, is. man. Them's the rules. Exactly. So, but this is a really, really, uh, a really good thing here for, for the league and for the players and the kids that are, you know, I mean, look, look at a guy like, right. Like look at a guy like Johnny Menzel, right was a fucking superstar in in the NCAA, could have made a bunch of money, went to the shitty Browns and did fuck all, ended up going to the CFL, did fuck all, went to the fucking arena league or whatever, did fuck all. But he could have at least made some money in the NCAA, right? Yeah, he was battling some demons, though, too. Fair enough. I'm just using him as an example because that was the most recent one I could think of. Um, but that's, what, that's why he needed the money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Co- cocaine ain't cheap. <laughs> huh. So anyway, in my opinion, I really like this. I I love that they're uh, that they're approving this new policy that you can benefit from the name, image, and likeness, and uh, I think it's great. Yeah, I wonder if it'll. I wonder if it'll have an impact on like where players want to um, commit to. It could. Like you're you're gonna want to go to a bigger school like you're going to want to go to a usc so you can sell more jerseys and whatever yep which yeah i don't know maybe those guys are already going there anyway i mean yeah it's already a big football or whatever sport yeah. uh universities so yeah it's, it's but it might take players that would go to like a davidson and say i'm not going there like yeah because yeah. i can go to I could go to Gonzaga now or whatever and make some money. Right. I mean, not that you couldn't make money at Davidson type type schools, but yeah, but whatever yeah. you might make more. Mm-hmm. And is that going to be a drive? Like I said, is that going to be a driving force? And is that going to be what a lot of these players are now looking for They're Maybe they're going to start looking at it realistically. Like I'm probably not going to make the NFL or the pro, whatever sport you're playing, but I can still make money off my Jersey. But then there's also the, the sports that don't have pro leagues or, or as large of pro leagues, like, like gymnasts or female hockey, for instance. Like, sure, there's a little tiny league here in Canada with what? I think it's got two teams now, <laughs> something goofy like that. It's kind of weird. But um, so maybe those those women or the softball players, the women softball players, like they got nowhere else to go after university. So at least they can make some bucks on on their jerseys or, or so on and so forth or uh, you know, any of that. So I, I think it's great. I like it. I, so do I, I like it. But now with the committee not going in, uh, to give back this guy, this Heisman, let's get into other, some kind of committees here, bud. Who do you got in your penalty box, Yosh? Yeah. So I got the USA Olympic trial committee 
in my box because they have suspended Shikari Richardson, who is a sprinter, uh, for 30 days because she tested positive for marijuana. Mary Jane. And because of this 30-day suspension, she is likely to miss the Olympics, uh, at least the 100-meter. Um, I heard that she she runs in, I think, of the relay, and she might be able to compete in that. Yeah, she can, she can compete in that. But, yeah, this is for the trials for the U.S. team. She ran a 10-7-2 100-meter in the trials and then was found that she had pot in her system. And- All right, I must have read it differently then. Um, so she said she used it as a coping mechanism after finding out the passing of her biological mother. And so, you know, that's understandable. And like, she's, she's fast. So she broke a NCAA record uh, with a 10, seven, five second hundred meter in 2019. And like I just said, 10, seven, two here uh, in 2020, 21 in the, uh, in the Olympic trials. And she's the sixth fastest woman in history in the hundred meters, which is pretty crazy that's pretty fast now i don't know how this woman fucking goes on with her daily life have you seen the fucking nails on this chick like the fingernails on her are like think i mean they're not fucking six inches long but they are long as hell it just makes you wonder how how women with these long ass fingernails wipe their ass and stuff <laughs> how do you type on a keyboard <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean she's a runner she doesn't have to type but <laughs> but uh so anyway so because they're suspending her for using, in my opinion, not a performance enhancing <laughs> like drug. They're, they're, but, but they're suspending no, it's her. De-hancing. It's dehancing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hurting your lungs. 100%. So uh, to me, this is crazy that they are suspending her. Uh, you know, maybe this is more, I guess, if it's an Olympic rule, then the, then the uh, Olympic committees for each country will obviously have to abide by those rules. So she's since apologized. She says she knows what she's did, what she did, and and uh, but basically, she's just like it is what it is. So, because it's legal here in Canada, and it was legal in Oregon when they did it, like to smoke recreational there. Is it is it the U.S. trials or is it is it the world? Because I'm seeing world anti-doping. Well, maybe the world anti-doping is the is the committee that did the testing but she was at the olympic trials for the u.s so but there's been quite a few responses from pro players of all sports um natasha cloud who is a uh, WNBA player she says i play at the highest level my sport has to offer and i use medicinal marijuana for anxiety recovery and sleep marijuana is not a sports enhancing drug uh this is a couple years ago Carl, Carl Anthony Towns said, just because we're NBA athletes, we're not superhuman. Some of us have conditions that could use medical marijuana to our benefit for everyday living. And he said that in response to uh, former commissioner David Stern's position on the league, that the league should remove marijuana from his list of banned substances, which they have done. Uh, another one, Ricky, uh, Ricky Williams here. I really use it as <laughs> Obviously. Ricky Mandel. <laughs> yeah. Ricky Mandel. Yeah. Uh, I really use it as an aid to, to, or I, sorry, I really used it as an aid to recovery. After busting my ass at practice, I'd come home and smoke a little bit and I felt good. It helped me get up the next day, ready to go back to work. Yeah. Williams um, was, was banned from the NFL for a year. And that's when he played in the CFL was because yep, of that. Exactly. That's right. So then Percy Harvin uh, in a 2019 interview uh, talking about the use of marijuana to help treat his anxiety. He says, now you're looking at a guy that 
I was in the Mayo Clinic and had at least seven prescriptions that I was to take from Zoloft and all the other ones I was taking. And the only thing that really seemed to work was when I would smoke marijuana. There's not a game that I played that I wasn't high. <laughs> so, you know, you're getting all these players, former players, current players. Um, I think Patty Mahomes said too, it was a joke or something like that yep, too. Yeah. Dame, uh, Damian Lillard, he said something, you know, tweeted something like that. And, and I think it is a joke, man. It's, it's, it's fucking weed, man. It's like, just get over it. You know, well, it's, it's, like they said, it's great for recovery, especially instead of taking all the opioids and stuff like that. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you just smoke some dope, help you sleep, numb the pain. Exactly. man. Especially for concussions. Like that's what a lot of them are using now is, is, is marijuana to help with the headaches. But you got to remember, they're not doing the THC part of it. I'm mostly guaranteed they're doing a CBD. Well, you might be I right. Mean, we don't you know that, but, but you're, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, or at least majority of the people that are using it as recovery are using a CBD. Yeah. But anyway, so I got the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee and or the World Doping Committee, whoever the fuck told Shikari Richardson she couldn't run. They're in my box because they're stupid. <laughs> End of story. Jesse, let's slide into yours. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of sliding, this Keith Rome Moss, from, he's a minor league player in the Ranger, Texas Rangers, low affiliate, low A affiliate. He uh, tried to slide in his, or steal second by sliding head first, but stopped well short. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he started his slide a little bit too early, and the gravel took over, or the, the sand took over, whatever's there, the dirt, and he just stopped way short. And I guess the second baseman ran up and just tagged him. It was more or less of a funny moment because they all helped him get up and <laughs> making sure he's okay. Cause he kind of, it kind of looked like he was kind of tripping, but he made it like turned it like a full slide, but he was nowhere close near second base. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was, it was pretty funny. And this is why he's in my box. I believe he did this yesterday, uh, but it's still, it just makes me laugh. It reminds me of major league when Willie Hayes, Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, they do, a, <laughs> yeah, they do a, a version of that, and he comes up. He's a little closer than this guy. This guy was well off. <laughs> At oh, least no. Willie Mays made it a little bit more exciting. Maybe, maybe Keith Ron Moss was fucking stoned, and, uh, and it was performance <laughs> dehancing. He couldn't get all the way to the base. <laughs> hey, man, it helped him get on base. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Slowed everything down for him. <laughs> But yeah, he's in my box. Peter, who do you have in yours? Yeah, so I've got uh, Raptors guard, uh, I guess former Raptors guard at this point, uh, Jalen Harris, uh, who has been dismissed and disqualified from the NBA for violating the anti-drug program. Uh, So like Josh mentioned earlier, this is uh, not for marijuana because the NBA changed its regulations on that. Um, so it is, we don't know what the substance is at this point. Cocaine, yeah. It could be cocaine, or it could be a performance-enhancing drug. Uh, we don't know. But anyway, he's out for a year for uh, doing some sort of illegal substance. 
and he's eligible for reinstatement uh, one year from now. Uh, he was picked by the Raptors in the second round of the 2020 draft. He averaged 7.4 points in 13.2 minutes in 13 games this season. And he was, uh, I think he was set to become a restricted free agent. But it might be a little bit interesting to see what his rights are with when and if he comes back. If the Raptors still own those rights or not, I'm not entirely sure how that would work. But I yeah, guess we, I don't know. That's an interesting because this, if he was restricted, this would be his restricted year, but he's got to sit it out. Yeah. So then it, now is he unrestricted? I don't know. But, yeah, it's interesting. It would be nice to know what the, like, why, what, what made him violate it? Like, what, what drug or what have you? Yeah. You know? I, I bet it'll come out eventually or at least I'm, I'm sure it will. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it will, but it's, it's a matter of, like I said, is it, you know, an illicit drug or is it just something that is on their uh, ban list? Their ban list, right? Like, I mean, we don't know that, right? It could just be something that he used. Oh, shit. I didn't know horse tranquilizers were, <laughs> were not, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> there's all kinds of that shit, right? So, but it will be interesting to find out what it is and, and hopefully uh, we find out sooner than later just, just so we can chat about it again. But I, I just am yeah. curious. If I had to bet, I would say it was uh, call it a, a party drug and not a performance enhancing drug. Because uh, like these guys have trainers and, and staff that I don't think anyone would be would make the mistake of taking a performance enhancing drug. They know what that list is. Um, but I guess at the same time, why would you take a, anything on the list if it's mm-hmm. an illegal substance? I don't For know. Sure. Let's wait and find out. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that it's for a full year, though. Yeah, yeah and maybe that's like the minimum. Like if you get it is, it is. Like I, I think I think I read that it's it's one year for a, a first year player, and for a veteran, it's two years, and it's it's not negotiable. It's an automatic. You get one year if you're a first year player. You get two years if you're a veteran. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'd think these guys would be careful and not take anything that's on that list. But anyway, Kev, it was in your box. Well, I don't like repeating myself in regards to the, you know, talking about the hockey with the referees, but I am uh, definitely jumping all over the MLB on the umpires. I am honestly tired of seeing these wrong calls of strikes and balls in regards to them calling. It just needs to be changed. I mean, I'm not saying an earpiece in their ear for telling them if it's a ball or strike, but it wouldn't hurt to have an earpiece in all the umpire's ears, somebody in the fan and, or sorry, in the stands to sit there and start staying. These are strikes and balls. We have the technology today, guys. I mean, if we're all talking about making the games all correct and making it all proper, well, let's start going on board with this uh, MLB because it definitely needs to be fixed. And I'm tired of watching that, um, what, that uh, strike zone that they show you on screen where the ball is. If they can do that, why can't they sit there and tell you if that's a ball or a strike? I mean, technology is doing it for other sports. Let's start doing it for the uh, MLB and let's get it correct because I'm tired of it. I'm done. I don't like watching the game if they're going to have that box on the screen. If you're gonna... others, other sports aren't making calls because of the video. They're like 
the, their umpires or the refs are still making the calls and then they're checking it with the video where you're, you're suggesting is that we basically get rid of the ump behind the plate and just use technology. Not at all. I'm not saying the ump behind the plates has to leave. So I'm then just you're saying that there's going to be a challenge every time. You know how long that's going to fucking take? Baseball's already four hours long per game. But if it has an earpiece in there saying that that ball that you just called a strike was actually a strike, let's get it correct. I mean, they're going to tell you, no, bud, that's a strike. It's not a ball. Okay, but so as I'm a I, manager, I'm going to be like, whoa, 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 you called that a fucking ball, bro. You can't all of a sudden change your mind. I know it might have been your ear. I want to review. And now you're going to slow the game down. Right? I, I just think hopefully it will just speed the game up. That's all. I mean, baseball, baseball is a very long game to begin with. But I, I just like to sit there and have the stats all correct. I mean, do you want to take that ball? Do you want to take a walk over a strikeout? It's it sounds to me, Kev, like you're you're suggesting not necessarily that the other team gets to challenge, but more that the ump essentially becomes just a mouthpiece for what the actual um, call is. What the measured call is. Yeah. Which like would be okay. But you're I mean, still the guy, the guy still needs well to be there. Back there though. Why? Exactly. Because you get a home plate sitter decision on a slide in. There's video. Okay, then then get rid of all the refs then. Might as well. There you go. No more umpires in baseball. Done. And yeah, and this is the robo umps that we've we've talked about before. This exactly. Is, uh, I'm just 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 tired of watching all these people make these stupid calls that that are not the actual legit. Happens in every sport, bud. Yeah, and it's human error in every sport. You're gonna have to take the good with the bad. I mean, I understand it's frustrating to watch a ball be called a strike when it's three feet off the plate. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. I hope, but but I mean that's part of the game and that's yes you can't challenge balls and strikes so you can't argue that i mean you could argue again in the face of the umpire you're just going to get thrown out but i mean there's really nothing you can do about him calling a ball a strike or a strike a ball there's you know at but this the, point the technology's out there let's fix it i mean let's make the game proper i mean i'm not saying that you know the umps are doing an absolute horrible job but you got certain umps that just call horrible games and it's just you know get rid of them or get that earpiece in your ear and it's tell you that's a strike or that's a ball. I mean, there's other parts of the umps that need to get more reviewed. Like, I don't know what happened a couple games a couple weeks ago against the Jays, but I was watching it because probably Ray was pitching and he's my boy. And there was a foul ball that he picked up and they called it fair, but they said that it wasn't reviewable. And I'm, I was confused I never really got, I never found an answer on why it wasn't reviewable because you can, rev- I believe you can review uh, home runs that might be foul balls. I'm pretty sure you can do that. But for whatever reason, because it stayed in the park or whatever it was, you couldn't, you, they weren't allowed to review, but it clearly looked that it was foul when he picked it up and, and the ump said it was fair. So they got an infield hit and, the J and Charlie Montoya wasn't allowed to challenge it. So there's a few things that they could do more, but I, I'm fine with just the way it is. Like you, you win some, you lose some. Cause you have to also understand with the balls and strikes is certain players like Vladdy and Otani, they have a smaller strike zone. The space strike zone changes though. When you watch it on that, uh, the ball track, Everything same changes thing. in regards to your elbows, your shoulders, to your knees. I mean, 
it's the same thing in NBA, man. Like the superstars get some calls and they don't get calls against them. Any sport. Look at look at NFL. You can go look at Tom Brady. He whines about fucking every call and he gets it when or he gets hit too hard and he he gets that personal foul for hitting the quarterback. But also in the NFL, though, they also review to make sure your two feet are inside that uh, inside. So you you caught the ball. I mean, your end zones every single time you get a touchdown, that's all reviewed. Right. right but you can't review penalties. Or, or flags in the NFL. Like the, the, it's up to the, a lot of it, it's up to the ump's discretion or the ref's discretion. And but there communicate. are a few, there are a few instances <laughs> in MLB where you can challenge. So you can overturn the ref's or the ump's decision. I just don't think you need to be doing it every pitch. That's the big thing is it's, it's, you know, there's 200, 300 pitches a game, you know, in some instances. And how many of those are you fucking going to challenge? Like, you know, if it's as bad as you say it is, Kev, I'm sure there may be some games. Is there 50, you know, semi-missed calls? That's a <laughs> lot of time that they're going to have to look back at the at the replay. Or even if it's the guy up above, it's going to, instead of being right away, the ball Check hits the, the ball and you say strike, Check it's going to be one, two, three, four. Oh, he said it was a ball. But if you have that pitch track automatically on the ball that shows you where the pitch is in the strike zone, it should state a beep or a no beep. If it's a beep, strike. And I don't see it being a three-second fucking delay. It's just going to be an instantaneous. What about it's going to be that ball. 50,000 people strike. in the stands and you can't hear a fucking – you can't hear a little beep because 50,000 fans are going crazy in the bottom of the ninth. I don't know. I, I think you can definitely do it. Then, you know, do put put the uh, um, Altuve – fucking piece on him then so it vibrates inside his fucking shirt then why not i mean if it's a strike it's going to vibrate him or give him a shock zap him fucking right make him make sure that yeah man the guy's gonna shock and go fuck that's a strike if he doesn't get if you you don't see the umpire doing like a like a shimmy then you know it's a ball it's not a fucking dog barking man (laughs) well either way i just think it needs to be fixed because i'm honestly i'm tired of watching baseball to watch this fucking balls turn into strikes and and then an obvious strike to say, nope, that's a ball. I'm just, you know, I just can't watch them anymore. It's just about as bad as the crappy football league. Just can't do it. Fair enough, Kev. Fair enough. I think the last time we talked about robo-umps, you were completely against it. I like it. Mistaken. So nope, now I have changed your mind. <laughs> I've been for it. I've been for it since, uh, since day one, I think. We might have to go back and listen to the uh, RoboCop episode. Yeah, <laughs> definitely check them because I think I'm for it. All right. Well, next up, I guess, is our scores. Uh, we only had the one challenge, Pete. Uh, has anybody found the answer? Because I sure as fuck have. It looks to me like uh, there was a Gordie Howe fight in 1948 in the second ever All-Star game. That is what I've seen. Only once, so this is from HockeyLegends.com, only once in NHL All-Star game history has a fight ever broken out at Chicago Stadium in 1948. Gordie Howe and Gus Mortson surprised fans by dropping their gloves with full vim and vigor. Nice. So there was this fight in an All-Star game. Not in your right. generation. Yeah, you said your era. <laughs> you said your, it in, your era. It was in my generation, right. You said 70s right. and 80s. Hey, man, and you, guys, it, it, you guys constantly it, tell me I'm born in the 50s. It, yeah. It's 48, not your generation. 
and the the uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, John Scott and and Patrick Kane. As you looked at, if you call that a fight, uh, we got something else going on, man. That was not That's a fight. Right. Hey, they dropped the gloves. Did, did the gloves not drop? They did. They get a penalty. In order for it to be called a fight in hockey, you have to get a five minute major. Do you not? Otherwise, it's just roughing. I would agree. Right? It's it's just a, a scrum. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm surprised they didn't get. If if you're right about that, I'm surprised they didn't get penalized for that. I'm trying to find the the <laughs> uh, like box score, the game stats for the 2016 All Star game, and I can't find it. Yeah. Nothing's really showing me. It's showing me the, the scores, but no, uh, no penalties. So I okay, don't... so let's ignore that one and let's let's go with just the Gordie Howe fight in 1948. Well, I guess that means I get a plus then. Yeah, I, 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 I have to agree with that with Josh on this one. I think that that's the only fight that ever happened in an All Star game. And you said between the seventy and eighties, we even give you twenty years right there, and there was nothing in between there. Because you said your era, my era. Yeah. Well, you guys always say my era is, like I said, in the fifties. <laughs> yeah, well, we're always shit talking too. <laughs> that's right. Okay, we're giving it to Josh, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, Kev. Hey. <laughs> that's what I that's what I'm here for, guys, to give you guys all the minuses. Hey, if we can find the 2016 box score and it says that that he got a five-minute major, both of them got a five-minute major, Kane and Scott, I'll 100 percent give the point back. Even though it wasn't in your era. I'll take the minus. I'll take my minus eleven. I don't <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Yeah, because no one else is going to do it. Hey, man, I challenge all the time. It just happens to be you. Yeah. <laughs> I will definitely take a minus. Thanks, Kev. Well, so that'll bring our season totals to plus 10 for Peter, uh, minus 10 for Kev. Well, no, put it to 11 because it's definitely going to happen next, next episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, plus two for Jesse. And minus three for Josh. Yeah. And that brings us into how was your drink? So, Kev, how was your drink, buddy? Honeys are great. Like I mentioned, you can drink a lot of them, not wake up with they much seem, of a hangover. They seem to put you in a bad mood, though. <laughs> yeah. You were you're a, you're a little cranky last night, like too. like fucking whiskey. Yeah. But, no, that was good. I mean, you do, you, I enjoy You do it. need a little sugar in your, your drink. That's why I had the MVP, bud. And it's also very good. <laughs> like, it. like it, love it. Pedro, how was yours? Yeah, my uh, nickel brewing uh, headstock IPA was good. It's uh, it's a heavy beer. There's lots of flavor to it, but uh, it's not bad. It's smooth. I would drink it again. Jesse, how was your fucking elephant thing or whatever it is? Yeah, my dead elephant was pretty good, yeah, but. Uh, the that headstock is one of my favorites for sure. I had it a couple of days ago too. Gets you some drunk real quick too. <laughs> but uh, this dead elephant is is great. I am gonna try more stuff from the boonies there in St. Thomas. I'm working on that a little bit more, finding stuff like this. And this IPA is very tasty. I'm still drinking my second right now because it took me a while to get to it. Yosh, how was your drink? Uh, my Cara Brew Lager was really good. Like I said before, 5%. Uh, 
uh, just a standard old beer. But uh, this one here, as I said, Caribou donates 5% of all sales to local causes that matter to you, which is, uh, is a great initiative, just like the old MVP, uh, which is more focused on sports. But uh, any cause, whether it be sports or otherwise, is, uh, is a great thing to support. And uh, I give Caribou props for this. They're uh, out of Toronto, the Junction Craft Brewery. And I really like this. Um, I'm probably going to have it a few more times because... I don't know. I think I've had this probably a half dozen times now. And it's just the first time I brought it on the show because I really liked it. And I didn't want to go crazy with the alcohol content. I had a, a, a busy weekend. So <laughs> <laughs> take her easy today. All right, guys. I guess that's it for today. Kev, sorry about your luck on the, uh, on the challenge there. But uh, like I said, man, I'll give you the point back. If you find that they, that John Scott even got the fun. <laughs> it's all good in the hood i mean really you shouldn't though because we would have all got a minus one had you not you know or had i not challenged you i guess in that case but then it, it works out better for you really but anyway so for everyone here at points and penalties we would like to thank you for listening please subscribe wherever you get your pods give us a like and follow on facebook twitter and instagram at points penalties and until next week stay, stay out, out of the, the penalty, penalty box, box.